Hey guys, and welcome to another classic I Love Green Guide Letters episode. Sadly, much like our classic episode that we posted a couple of weeks ago, this one was filled with joy, but we are replaying it now to honour and remember the good times we had with the ultimate the quintessential Green Guide letter writer, Arthur Coma, who sadly passed away earlier this year at just under 92 years of age. Married to his wife, Margaret, for 65 years. Now, I think... Arthur Coma, the Arthur Coma Green Guide Letters story is the quintessential story of the podcast. There's many little threads, Staplegate, Jane Bunn is fun, and of course that scruffy Garden Australia host, Costa. All great storylines in the course of the podcast, but Arthur Coma was a letter writer that just kept popping up in the Green Guide letters about kilometer getting pronounced kilometer or the other way around. Who knows? I'm making him furious right now by not even remembering which one he preferred. But he just kept hitting these letters and then I'd Google his name and I'd see he'd written letters to many other publications as well. And then through Robert Darby, who was a listener and is still a listener, I presume. How you doing, Robert? He lived nearby Arthur out in Sebastopol and made contact and negotiations began to travel out with a busload of Green Guide Letter lovers and have him on the podcast. It's the sort of thing that I just love. I, I, I really think is the, for me, my view of podcasting, it's what it's about. And that's just an in-joke. You just run with it as far as you can. And in this case, the run was a uh, hour and a half drive out to Ballarat for a really fun live show. I, I, I won't go into it anymore because I, I haven't listened to this episode. How I'm trying to do this is I do the introduction with uh, to set the scene and off the top what I remember about it and then I'm going to listen along with you, take some little notes and then at the end I'm sure I will have many memories of of one of my favorite days in in podcasting. Let's leave it there. I, I cannot wait to listen to this. It's with Nick Cody, Bart Freevan, and myself, Arthur Coma, live in Ballarat. I'll talk to you afterwards. Oh, also, I'm back. Just before you get started, I found some video files as I was getting this up and on YouTube now is a little short film edit of our bus trip to Ballarat, which is uh, a lot of fun, brings back some great memories for me. And for patrons, I found 
a cam video of the podcast, which I've put up on the Patreon feed in full video, and it's completely unedited, a camera at the back of the room. If you want to check that out, it's uh, it, it's good fun. It, it, it is, it'd be hard for it to be any more low quality, let's be honest. But um, this was podcasting in uh, 2013. All right, let's get on with the show. Hey, you guys. Welcome to I Live Green Guide Letters, a podcast where we talk about the letters to the age newspapers, television, radio, lift out the Green Guide. I am Steel Saunders, and I do love Green Guide Letters! We are in Ballarat. We are at our first show where audience members have claimed a senior's discount. Welcome. (laughs) They've just outed themselves. (laughs) Holding their $2 in the air. Yes. Spend it wisely. Uh, We're at the port... (laughs) We're at the first show where I've been heckled by seniors. (laughs) We're at the Portico Wine Bar and the Oceanic Lounge, which, if you know Lost, Oceanic is the airline that had the plane crash, which... Could be a great metaphor for today's show. <laughs> Several times today when we were waiting out the front of Spleen for the bus, when the bus arrived, we were all on the bus, when Arthur turned up, I just had this one thought. It's like, stop taking things so far. <laughs> just stay at home and read out your little letters to yourself. <laughs> this, was, this might be the first podcast we've had without a language warning on iTunes. I explained this to Bart beforehand at at the cafe up the road and he proceeded to really get it out of his system up there. (laughs) So that place has been shut down. (laughs) The bus thing was weird because I've never been on one of those little mini buses and had to be the responsible person. (laughs) For the people that didn't get the bus and the people at home, uh, we got here about an hour early and we had uh, free time, an hour of free time. Did anyone do anything exciting in their free time? You went to a Collins bookstore that didn't know existed. In the question, I did say the word exciting. <laughs> We've got someone knitting in the audience. What are you knitting? I tell you when you finish. Okay, that's shorthand for no idea what I'm knitting. <laughs> but good luck. And best of all, it it matches the polo shirt you've already got on. So (laughs) that's a, that's a joke that will work really well in podcast land. How about we uh, bring, it's a very special show. How about we bring our very special green guide lovers on the stage and let's get loving. This week we have got two returning lovers of the green guide. We have got from the Something for the Drive Home podcast, we've got Nick Cody and Bart Lowell himself, Bart Freeborn. And our other very special guest, will someone think of the children? Welcome to the stage, Arthur Coma. Yes. We've got to keep clapping, guys. It's going to take him a while. Come on. Yeah. 
Who? Who? Oh, he's really. He's lapping this up. Yeah. This is all you. You can't jump the stage. This is you. Whoever thought you'd get so much applause for complaining? Got his vodka apple juice there in the bottle, I hope. Arthur, is that a <laughs> bottle of your own urine? <laughs> <laughs> or is it... I don't know any of these people. They might have a Mickey Finn in their pocket. A Mickey Finn? <laughs> a Mickey Finn. I like that. That yeah. is so much nicer than Rufy. Yeah. <laughs> don't I, flatter yourself, Arthur. If I may start with a stern complaint, the sound level is about... 60 dB too high, and my ears don't like that level of sound, okay? 60 dB too high? Yeah. Which, which D and which B should be capitalised in You're talking about though? drum and bass. <laughs> D for Dessie and B for Bell. I'll give you a tip, Arthur. If at any point during this you get annoyed, my great-grandma, she turns 100 next week, right? She lives here in Ballarat. I'm coming up for her 100th birthday. If my cousins and I talk about sport near her... She takes out her hearing aids, turns them off and puts them on the table, then just loudly proclaims, continue. (laughs) Good sound thinking. (laughs) Nice pun. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever listened to the podcast before, Arthur? I tried several times. uh, Because of my uh, ADSL, which is very, very slow, I'd listen to for about 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes, and then the little sign come up to say uh, the server has been reset and there was nothing there. So uh, fortunately, my eldest daughter, who was a bit concerned about what all this business might be about, <laughs> recorded, <laughs> recorded several episodes and um, put them on a memory stick thing and plugged them into my computer so that I've got five of them there. Yeah. So I was able to listen to a couple and uh, I made the point to one or two people, well, I don't like that sort of language at all, so I did ask for some what, restriction. What sort of language, Arthur? <laughs> oh, I don't think you need a, a terribly adult imagination to uh, work out what I'm talking about. Six or uh, seven examples will do. Yeah. But, but I, I listened to the, the one you did last week. Oh, and God. So far, as I could, <laughs> so far as I could see it, the sort of past muster rather better than the earlier ones. <laughs> Last week's one was Greg Fleet and yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence Mooney. Mooney. Yeah, very, very clean young boys. <laughs> so, Arthur, you're on page three of the Ballarat Courier this week, or yesterday, I should say. That's very exciting. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I knew that I was probably the most famous person in Australia, but I didn't realise I was famous enough to make the Ballarat Courier. <laughs> what beat you? What, what got on the first two pages? Oh, a real harsh-looking woman that's scared of fire. <laughs> uh, I, I have a, a real hearing problem here. Um, because probably for the best. Because a lot of reverberation in the place. Uh, one of my hearing... I did put hearing aids in, and one of them died. So it might be better if I take the other one out. Yes, that's much, much better. Uh, that one was sort of echoing rather badly. <laughs> now, perhaps next time you say something, I'll have some clue as to what it was you said. <laughs> I, no, that's the best part. Nobody understands. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it, Arthur. I doubt <laughs> What were you in the paper for, Arthur? Well, because of my um, alleged fame as a letter writer and uh, the fact that Steele was coming up here, and I mean, he must be almost as famous as I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sadly, that's true. <laughs> um, and 
somebody tipped off the courier that, that was, the event was going to happen. I think that uh, gentleman, Mr. Darby, down there had uh, a finger in the pie there. Yes, we've got, to, we've got to, sorry, I'll just, I'll just put in, we've got to thank uh, Ballarat Rob from the Dumb Down Atheist podcast. <laughs> Who has turned into Arthur Comer's uh, media manager? <laughs> unpaid, unpaid. <laughs> it's a podcast, Arthur. Of course, it's unpaid. <laughs> and so, what happened when the uh, the reporter came? Well, we had a pleasant chat. One thing he didn't say to me is that this is being recorded, of course, which I didn't. I should have realised. Margaret told me later that he had a recorder going there, and uh, asked a few questions and. Uh, wrote one wrong answer that you've probably already heard about, uh, the business regarding Helen Kapalos, who was not uh, <laughs> the victim of my venom over mispronouncing kilometre, but simply a fairly stupid uh, question she asked there. Tens. Kilometre. Kilometre. <laughs> <laughs> don't, get it, don't get on the wrong side of Arthur. <laughs> if I can pause there for a moment. <laughs> Let, let me define kilometre for you. you know, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Kilo, you, did you say kilometre? <laughs> <laughs> so they got wrong what you... Yes, uh, and uh, so I emailed the courier and suggested they publish a, a correction, which, uh, <laughs> which they agreed to do. And very grudgingly, they've given a small paragraph down at the bottom of page 12 to correct the mistake that the reporter made. Was the problem that because it was recording, it actually, the recording picked up you giving the reporter a savage beating? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think... uh, (laughs) I'm still having having problems with with hearing. It's not going to change, Arthur. I have to get you to try sign language, and I don't read yeah. it anyway. I could get I could get real close to you if you wanted. I don't think you want to see Bart's sign language. Yeah. So I spoke to Tom, who did the story. Tom McElroy. Mm. He rang me for, a, for to ask me some questions about the uh, story, and it was maybe like four hours after he'd been to your house. And I said, "Oh, how did the?" Uh, the chat go with Arthur, and he goes, oh, really well, I think. And I said, oh, really? I've already received a c- complaint email about it. <laughs> no, uh, you couldn't have. I did. You sent it to me. <laughs> oh, what did I say? I've got it printed out. Oh, okay, okay. Tell me, what did I say? Was it all in capitals? That's my first question. Yeah. Was no. It all? <laughs> Were you yelling, Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> I'll read it out. And, and I, you, so you know how we read out the letters in the high-pitched voice, in the voice? Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. Just so I don't, I don't want you to freak out when I... So this is one I got um, from Arthur. I have asked the courier to print a correction. The reporter clearly didn't listen to his own recording. Kapalos's blunder had nothing to do with kilometre. It was her stupid question about how soon New York would recover that my letter was about. Should be good tomorrow but only if I survive today. <laughs> Felt very weary this morning, even though the air condition was, was on nearly all of yesterday. Anyway, you have some of my complaints about stupid radio TV presenters. You can add Tom McCroy to the list. <laughs> Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> I'd have to get a sworn... Uh statement that that is verbatim what I wrote. <laughs> Are you correcting no, you, your own you, email? You, you, made, you, did, 
did make you did make a mistake there because you said six hours after the interview or something, but in fact. We didn't know that a mistake had been made until the next day, so... Oh, okay. Oh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. But that was a different one. Oh. You had... Wait there. I'll see if I can find the... Uh... How often are you on emails, Arthur? Are you... Have you got an iPhone? No. Heard that question from I'm me. very old. <laughs> <laughs> very old-fashioned type. I don't even have a mobile phone. It's, right. Uh, it's... You're not so. that old-fashioned. You're wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're pretty much a modern man, Arthur. I have, have, have enough problem with uh, skin cancers having to be burnt off without offering any more skin to the sun. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I'm going to get new lizard skin. By the time I'm old enough, they'll have new skin, I think. I'm hoping technology will save me, Arthur. <laughs> I'm a great believer in technology, having been in the, the radio sphere for most of my life. and uh, It's good stuff. Mm, absolutely. I built my first crystal set back in 1941, I think, thereabouts. Like healing crystals? <laughs> like on Breaking Bad. <laughs> Actually, lead pyrites, I think, was the thing that was used in those days. Uh, what you call a crystal detector, and you had a little coil of wire with a sharp point on it called a cat's whisker and you manoeuvred it very carefully to the most sensitive spot on the crystal and you could hear the local radio stations. That is great. But, uh, of course, uh, I, I understand you're not sufficiently technically advanced to, to know what I'm talking about, but yeah. I'll try and... You did, this, you did this just after you invented fire. <laughs> <laughs> is this... <laughs> something, something needs... Made a radio, that is boss. Yeah, that is pretty great. Yeah, well, I, I built a super sensitive radio receiver with about eight valves in, in, in 1946, I suppose, and uh, I could pick up at night time just about all the radio stations in the eastern half of Australia. The western Australians didn't come through very well, but uh, as I was saying to uh, Rob a while ago, I, I knew the call signs of most of the radio stations in Australia, and he mentioned Mount Gambier, and I said, oh, yes, that was 5SE, and uh, 2NZ was Inverell, and 6WB was Catanning in Western Australia. And, what uh, was Kyle and Jackie Owen? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of them. I would like it now if you could actually do that. You could actually make an iPhone. You just get home and be like, well, I just got these uh, little bottle caps and wire them together, and I'm, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, through, I've put my crystal to get uh, Arthur's email. Now, I got this on 6.40 of the day of the interview. Yeah. The reporter and the cameraman came this afternoon. Adam took more pictures than there are in the Encyclopedia Britannica. (laughs) (laughs) Of which he will have selected the best. I thought Tom would have asked a large number of incisive questions, but not really a lot of questions at all. Really? He will write something to go with the picture for tomorrow's edition, it appears. Must see if I can get one in the morning. Arthur. Which is a little different from what you said earlier. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a different email. Yeah, but that was a different email, but the thing was that you did complain. That was... A complaint yeah, about uh, fixing a complaint after, of a complaint. After the paper came out the next day, yes, that's right, I sent an email to the Courier saying, hey, this is not right. If you thought the letter in the Green Guide letters about the podcast was weird, 
Arthur complaining about my reading of his complaint email. (laughs) (laughs) New experiences every day. (laughs) Oh, yes. What about this one? The reason why we're at this great venue is Arthur, it appears, is a bit of a, a feather ruffler down at the retirement home. And he was not allowed to record the podcast there. What's up with that? Well, that's a rather unfortunate business. Uh, I put in an application to use the community centre there, which would have been an ideal venue for a get-together like this. But uh, the village manager said, well, we'll have to go before the residence committee. And uh, the residence committee, in their wisdom, decided... Well, first of all, one gentleman said this Steel Saunders. I've listened to some of his podcasts, and he, tend, he tends to put people down. I said, well, look, nobody can put me down. I'm a son of the King of Kings, and that's a higher rank. <laughs> Is this any relation, that's... the King of Kings, to King's Bakery just down there? <laughs> Don't interrupt. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I've got an excerpt from the complaint email you wrote to the retirement home about this. This is when I just, when me and Rob got this email, just went, oh, this dude, this guy's a genius. Like, if he can write letters like this, I'll, I'll, I'll skip. Arthur sort of gave the, um, the, the first few paragraphs, so I'll just go to this bit. Let us consider the nervous Nelly objections. So, Steel Saunders puts people down. Who can he put down here? He knows no name of a village inhabitant other than mine. It is impossible for him to put me down. I know who I am. A child of the King of Kings. (laughs) And that's an absolutely true statement. (laughs) Arthur, we have one rule on the podcast. (laughs) And that's we do not interrupt the letters. (laughs) Oh, the tables have turned. (laughs) (laughs) Born with his own burn. And he's interrupting his own letter, which is surreal at best. Okay. This is where it gets... I I love this bit. He would certainly, in the light of the committee's restrictions, say some caustic things about the village. And I would try and discourage that. But remember, Saunders is completely a free agent. And one does not sensibly restrict an artist's work. Yeah. Yeah. Good letter, Arthur. Good that letter. That is a good letter, Arthur. What happens if they swear a lot with their art? <laughs> Here's one I've got. We, um, I'm not sure. I think it may have been Michelle that sent this one in. Arthur is not... He doesn't just like use the medium of the Green Guide letters for his complaints. He likes all media. This is one that, I think it was Michelle, but I'm not sure, that he submitted to the RACV magazine. Ah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) On October 12th of 2012, this one's titled Hotel Alarms. Motorists, be warned! Next time you check into a hotel motel, check the alarm on the clock! We were rudely awakened at midnight in Horsham. Yes. Arthur Coma, Sebastopol. Same bloke, strangely enough. Yes. What were you doing in Horsham? Yeah. We're on our way up to a little place called Hopeton, which is uh, about 160 kilometres north of uh, Horsham, I think. And uh, 
with the gentleman sitting down yonder. We were going to a church service up there. Um, he wasn't with me at the time. He drove straight through, but I decided it's a long way for a single trip. Uh, Margaret, my wife, has a few aches and pains that go with the 80-odd. Yeah. So we chose to just drive to Horsham, stay overnight at the motel there, go up to Hopkins for the church service, come back to Horsham, and then on home. And I'll say the unfortunate event was in the middle of the night, uh, somebody's music, which was, wouldn't have been my choice anyway, came bursting forth and we were awakened. So I thought, well, it's never happened to me before and I've stayed at many, many motels over the years, but it's just, be warned, folks, check the alarm. Did you know, did you know what radio station came on up there? <laughs> That's 2UE again, I know that sound anyway. <laughs> well, the local one, of course, is 3WV. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of exclamation would you have used you used when the alarm went off to um, to exhaust your frustration? This wouldn't have happened if I made this radio myself. <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess you will certainly have realised by now that I don't don't ever swear. I think uh, since I became a Christian in 1955. I've made it use the swear word twice in that all that time, and that's been perhaps a moment of extreme frustration, but even then, uh, not the sort of words that I've complained about in your earlier broadcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Arthur, out of curiosity, what, what is the word, if, you're, if it's not one that you've complained about, what is the word that you've used in extreme frustration? What's your maximum? What's your number 10 word? Oh... Probably what's described as the great Australian adjective, I suppose. All right. Uh, but uh, no, I, don't, I don't find necessary, even when I'm a little bit agitated, which does happen from time to time, uh, to, to use... Really? Do you get agitated from time to time? <laughs> agitated enough to complain? <laughs> well, that could happen too. So I um, think, Arthur, I, I think there's a link between your reduction in swearing and your increase in letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you stopped writing them, we might be hearing some cuss words. No, I want to I hear Arthur before 1955, before <laughs> Christian time, no. just walking down the street. <laughs> I think the first of my letters to an editor would have been back in the 60s somewhere. Uh, but as uh, was pointed out when uh, those folk were there the other day, I think Margaret started the ball rolling because we were a bit unhappy about... We are in married quarters down at Laverton at the RWF base and there was some complaint or other. I don't remember what it was exactly, but as a serving member, I couldn't make a complaint via the press, but there was no restriction on my wife. So she wrote a letter to the uh, paper about it and uh, I think some action was taken. I don't remember the details now. That's sort of <laughs> a long way back, 50, 50 yeah. years or so ago. But uh, yes, uh, but I did take to writing letters to the editor sometime after that, and uh, as has been pointed out, we've got probably several hundred uh, printed in various journals from uh, Canberra Times, the Courier Mail in Brisbane, uh, the Age, and the Herald, and the Sun, which were separate newspapers, of course, in those days. And I think I may have said to Rob or to Steele. Uh, 1990 was far and away the best year when I <laughs> had no less than 27 uh, either full-length letters or short ones. Wow. The What's the Brownlow Medal for whinging? Did you take it away? <laughs> oh, well, this show. <laughs> so, uh, write, write me off as an encourager rather than a discourager. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know, have you ever used it to... 
you know, just complain about chips and just get a whole bag of, you know, just they send you a box of chips. You're like, these chips aren't very good. I'm disappointed. And they're like, have some more chips. Like, you've used your power for evil. <laughs> Toward, towards the end of 1990, uh, another contributor to The Age sent in a little complaint saying, uh, we've had quite enough of Arthur Comer this year. <laughs> And where are they now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I I think if you've got something to say and the the press letters to the editors free to everybody, if you're sufficiently literate to be able to write English, and not too many people can nowadays. (laughs) Nobody, Arthur. You're the only one. (laughs) I'm sure there must be another one somewhere. You're the last of the great letter writers. (laughs) Uh, There was a little lady whose name age readers would remember very well, who signed herself Constance E. Little. Now, I don't know whether there are any age readers here, but uh, for many years she was a regular contributor and obviously a very elderly lady. Her letters ceased, I think, about probably ten years ago. And there was another lady whose name, sadly, I've forgotten, out at Ringwood East, who, in the short letters section of the age, had some brilliant short letters over a period of several years, but... Uh, she maybe also has passed on and uh, no longer there. Did you take out all the other letter writers, like at the, <laughs> the end of The Godfather? Just <laughs> well, you, you wrote them a letter in the form of a bullet and sent it with a gun. <laughs> Complaint filed. <laughs> Arthur Schwarzenegger's. <laughs> the Terminator. Yeah. It's pronounced kilometre. <laughs> Kilometer. Well, I was going to explain to you earlier, but well, I was sort of rudely interrupted. No, we'll get to the You're following the script. Okay, well, I'll I'll leave it in your uh, schedule, and uh, when you get there, just wave a flag or something. Let me know. This is where this is where kilometers come in. Don't worry, I'm getting close to waving a flag. Don't you know, in show business, the old saying is you never open on kilometre. That's, that's the closer. <laughs> yeah. Save the gold, Arthur. All right, let's get to this one. This was this year, or last year, I should say. This was one that had dramatic effects. This is like added to the, the unemployment rate in the country with one letter. What is normal anyway? A special award to Channel 10's Helen Kapalos for question of the year to New York reporter... Randall Pinkston, 5pm news, October 10th. And when do you expect New York to be back to normal? Arthur Comer, Sebastopol. And what happened to her next week, Arthur? Next, next day, as I recall, she was there on the Thursday night and that was the day, of course, that that appeared in the Green Guide. Friday night was her last appearance. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid question. <laughs> I, I absolutely decline any responsibility. <laughs> Arthur needs his lawyer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it was rather sad, actually, but obviously Channel 10 was downsizing at that stage, and uh, Helen, who really didn't make all that many blunders, but that I thought was a particularly fatuous question. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, sadly, she departed. <laughs> When do you expect her employment to be back to normal? Well, I don't know. She's quite an attractive lady and uh, obviously reasonably well-educated and uh, somebody surely will take pity on her and give her a job in radio, television 
or even running podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. That, that, that is, running a podcast, that is definitely a take-pity position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to the one that turned man into icon. What a letter. This was on the 11th of January, I believe, of 2012. Almost a year ago, Arthur. What a ride we've had since then. Yes, well... Every metre matters. (laughs) A classic letter (laughs) that sparked weeks of debate. All cricket commentators on television and ABC radio mispronounce kilometre. Tony Gregg says, kill om et tos. And Mark Taylor says, kill om et urs. Chaps, metrics is easy. Kilo, 1,000, as in kilogram, kilojoule, kiloliter, and other 20 or so units. Metre, metre. Always the same sound, with or without a prefix. So please, get it right. You are a bad example to the young. <laughs> Absolutely. Sebastopol. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Watch out, Taylor and chaps. We know what happened to Greg. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had absolutely nothing to do with, <laughs> with the demise of Tony Gregg. That's exactly feel, what feel a dark sorry. lord would say, Arthur. It's <laughs> exactly <laughs> what they'd say. If I might briefly explain there, I said to a number of these people, a kilometre is obviously the correct pronunciation because, as they pointed out there, there are more than 20 SI units that can have the prefix kilo for a 1,000, and metre can have 22 different prefixes and always has the metre sound. Now, the kilometre, which Tony Gregg liked, I pointed out to somebody, um, you know, there are metres to measure various things. What's a kilometre? Well, you know, during the Vietnam War, you were a bit young then. None of they us were used born. To have, <laughs> they used to have a messy business called a body count after a military action. So I said to these people, well, really, the kilometre is an electronic instrument gives an instant readout of battle casualties, save going around counting the bodies. Oh. That's... Wow. A kilometre. So you could use that a to kilometer, count... Kilometre. To count... Fatalities in the Vietnam War or your letters. <laughs> Stacking up bodies like a gangster, Arthur. <laughs> Haven't tried to do a body count at this stage. <laughs> hey, you guys in the front, what, what's your name in the Superman t shirt? Tian. Is it scary sitting in front of a man that could kill someone with a letter? <laughs> Pretty gnarly, huh? Why are you scaring kids with your letters? <laughs> I thought you meant to think of the children, not scare them. It's almost like you're almost a bit of a wizard, Arthur. Not really into wizardry, just telling the truth. (laughs) That's exactly what a wizard would say. (laughs) There's no greater magic than the truth. Then, two weeks later, after people chimed in, what did you think of the people that were angry at you for that letter? Well, I don't recall... Anything that far back, if you hadn't reminded me of that letter, I had long since forgotten it. But uh, if people were actually angry, I wasn't aware of that. Maybe I didn't read the following couple of weeks' letters, I don't know. Well, there was a debate over whether do we want people in the broadcast box for sports that 
like know about the sport or that can pronounce kilometer. Well, Did I just say it right or wrong? I have no idea. I, I've been talking about this for a year and I still don't know how to say it. Co- is, is this right? Kilometer? No, or? that's that's Tony Gregg. Okay, so kilometer. Kilometer, yes. Kilometer's Kil- the... Yeah, it's okay. complicated. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ks? Kilometers. If you just oh, said Ks, Arthur, can we say that? No, well, I don't see any difficulty with just saying kilometer whenever you want to kilometer. talk about a distance. Ks is um, way shorter, though, man. I mean... You pick up a packet of food and you look on the back and it gives the amount of energy per 100 grams or something in... Kilojoules. Kilojoules, Or yeah. calories. Same, same kilo. Calories. And, uh, yeah, calories are uh, old hat now. We Imperial. Kilojoules nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if you like to start from the beginning, you've got kilo amperes, kilo becquerel, What's kilo coulomb, and there's a special one for people who don't understand, I call it kilo dozy. But after that, there's kilo-electron-volt, kilo-farad, kilogram, kilo-gray, kilohertz, kilo-henry, kilo-joule, kilo-kelvin, kilo-litre, kilo-metre, kilo-newton, kilo-ohm, uh, kilo-pascal. And I'm just laying a, I, I'm laying a beat down. I just need to, Arthur, I just would need to please? check my hearing aid. Um, yeah, no, but I'm just, just going to say, would you please stop snoring while I'm talking? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone back into the Gringo Glitter archive, all the way back to the 5th of January 2006. What do you think you were complaining about back then? Well, there weren't any podcasts to complain about in those days, so I must have found something different. Well, this one's titled, Kilometer Clanger. Ah, what a surprise. Reusing your material, Arthur. (laughs) Arthur, you are going the distance, my friend. (laughs) Why don't SBS newsreaders pronounce kilometer correctly? Sounding the prefix kilo and the unit meter, it is annoying that people from Europe, whom our children might assume understand the metric system, are setting such a rotten example. As a reading helper in a local school, I have several times had to correct children's pronunciation of kilometer. Arthur Coma, Frankston. Mm. Arthur, I, I don't. Think I may I... even have to correct your pronunciation of pronunciation because you're saying pronunciation. Oh. <laughs> Arthur, all I'm saying is that I mean, there's lots of people making mistakes. I don't think you're going to make a proper change until you start hiring <laughs> some thugs with guns <laughs> to drag people for one whole kilometre <laughs> behind a car and then be like, "That's what it's about, yo. That's what it's about. Are you lot? You're, you're dead. Sorry." <laughs> Things will change then once there's a bit of fear. Well, having been a teacher for quite a number of years, I suppose trying to correct people's mistakes is, uh, just comes naturally. I like this one. This one's from the 1st of June 2006 in the Green Guide. This one's titled <laughs> Hillbillies Strike Gold at 3CR. What a delight to stumble across Hillbilly Fever program on 3CR on early Sunday morning. Nostalgia took me back to the 1940s when many country stations opened at 5am with an hour of Hillbilly music. Bravo 3CR! But couldn't you make it twice a month? That's from Arthur Comer, Frankston. Mm, Absolutely. How good would it have been in 2006 to read a letter from Frankston praising hillbilly music? (laughs) Well, I guess I'm just an old-fashioned boy and I used to love 
uh, as a child, so when I first built my radio receivers back in the 40s, uh, you, you turned the thing on at 5 or 5.30 in the morning to one of the country stations and there was a session of hillbillies. And, uh, yeah. and uh, oddly enough, none of them ever used any nasty language. That's, that's what got you, isn't it, Arthur? <laughs> You're like a sweet talker. <laughs> Did they use any language? I think it's just called Australian. Australian. <laughs> This one's an interesting complaint from the 4th of October 2006. This is not the first thing I'd expect someone to complain about with this person in question. Sworn testimony. On 10's 5pm news on September 18th, one OJ Simpson suddenly appeared swearing... True, four of the 13 letters were replaced by asterisks. How many youngsters asked, Mummy, what does that mean? Mummy answered, Nobody at 10 has a conscience. 10 responded to my complaint by saying it was disappointed. The use of such language at that time upset me. Arthur Comer, Frankston. In the list of sins that OJ Simpson has committed... Cursing has to be way down on the list. Well, I suppose it's all part of the same lifestyle, isn't it? If you, <laughs> Arthur, are you saying that swearing is a gateway to murdering your wife? No. No, good. I'm saying that people of upright character don't either murder their wives or swear. That's oh, right. yeah, all right. Oh, Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, if the glove fits, but yeah, that's right, the murder glove. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, like helping orphan children, even if you help them, say you feed them, and then you just quietly whispered cuss words into their ears, <laughs> I think they'd still be better off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you'd still be an all right person. Yes, I'm having grave difficulties with, <laughs> with hearing voices from that side because uh, it was too noisy with the hearing aid in and. Very difficult with hearing aid out. So I understand. Well, I might rearrange Steele's uh, decor here and move you over that side. I'll know what you're saying. I don't know if you want me over there. <laughs> Better check with the boss here. I'm not swearing, though, guys. No. Yeah, no, I've been. I realise that. I haven't said any swears. What about this one? This one's from the 5th of July 2007. Academic light for seven. Seven's children's program, It's Academic, is in serious need of an overhaul. In the opinion of this sepul... I don't know, what's that word? Septuagenarian, I expect. What does that mean? <laughs> Somebody got a dictionary for the man? Somebody Se- who's in their 70s. 70s. Somebody 70s. in their 70s. Yeah. Okay. Genarian, sounds good. Goodness wrote old person. Yeah. <laughs> the opinion well, of this... That, that covers everything from about 20 to 100, depending on how old the viewer is. It's all relative. Boom. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Some sweet wisdom there, Arthur. <laughs> okay. Apparently magnets are attracted to magnesium and the past tense of sing is sung. The letter cost a team a place in the semi-final. The contestant answered sang but was told sung was correct. And many questions are beyond the reach of grades five and six. Arthur Coma, Frankston. Yes, well, you have to remember that Margaret and I are in our second childhood at this stage, so we enjoy sometimes watching the afternoon children's shows, but 
as I'm pointing out in that letter, I'd like them to get it right because, as you said, you've got to think of the children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, why are you watching uh, Seven's Children's uh, quiz show? Oh, as I said, we're in our second childhood. It's for us. Okay. So you must love this place because there's a chair in there. <laughs> Something to do with bears? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that was a morning kids show. No, this is 4.30 in the afternoon. Uh, sorry, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Glad you made that correction, Arthur. I was <laughs> going to write a letter. <laughs> Mess you up some. <laughs> All right, this is the last of the classic letters, you guys. From the 18th of December, 2008. This one's about tawdry viewing. On the ABC. This one's titled The Book Show. The saddest picture on television this year was a recent appearance by Jennifer Byrne on the first Tuesday book club with an inordinate amount of bare flesh trying to convince us that gravity has no effect on a beautiful woman. (laughs) Sorry, Jennifer, you failed miserably. Arthur Coma, Sebastopol. Yes, I felt a bit sorry about having sent that letter in, but I was a little disgusted at the, at the time and the, expressing the disgust there. Uh, really, uh, a lady of her age and... Uh, How old was she, may I ask? Somewhere in the 40s, I would assume. Ugh. So too old. <laughs> <laughs> Just... uh, I understand, is she not Andrew Denton's wife? What was she doing out of the house? <laughs> <laughs> Did I go too far? <laughs> yes. Pity I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> what one would describe as an unedifying spectacle. Uh, Who, Bart or Jennifer? Jennifer. Okay. Oh, good. Uh, well, I'm not sure about him. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I might have, I'm definitely that word, unedifying. <laughs> Yeah, so you felt, you felt some letter regret with that one. I'm interested with this. Oh, well, I, I thought it might have hurt her feelings a bit, and I don't like hurting people's feelings. Uh, try and be nice to everybody as far as it's possible to do so. Uh, the old commandment, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And uh, So maybe she said some harsh things about me after reading it, but I say I probably shouldn't have sent it. That, that's one of my favourite commandments. It's definitely in my top ten. <laughs> so They're if, tough. if that commandment does stay true, do unto others as you would have done to them, do unto you, you, we need to write complaint letters to you, essentially, for you, for that to come full yeah. circle. Yes, I, I'm having this trouble again. I've literally got <laughs> I no, I, no a... idea what you're saying there because the sound situation here... It sounds silly, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe I should turn and face this way. I'm just saying that, you know, if you do things to people that you would like to have them do to you, we should write you some letters. Oh, well, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good result. <laughs> Always room in the recycling bin for extra paper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have a silly email address like son of king of kings Arthur at gmail.com? Uh, no, no uh, that, that's a, a designation that I modestly accept and, and uh, it's available to everybody who's prepared to put their trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. Uh, they can make you a son of the king of kings and uh, guarantee your place in heaven even. 
back when you had to post them, you must have had a, a fairly decent stamp budget. Oh, look, uh, the, you get the impression that I've written thousands of letters is totally wrong. This is over... OK, a, I'll over stop you there. What, what is that super-thick book full of? OK, well, there's a selection of letters there, but in total there, I think there's probably only 100 or so. Uh, oh, that's perfectly normal. <laughs> <laughs> but remember again, this is over a period of many years, so I doubt if I'd ever write more than... Ten in any one year, except as I say, 1990 was a sort of superior year when we hit the hit the printing presses 27 times. The best year, the yes. bumper. Have you ever sent one off like in a bottle into the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's like, "This is magical." Oh, Big Brother's not good. Oh, no. that's <laughs> like you're too salty. <laughs> <laughs> Too many fish, not enough fun. <laughs> How about, um, Arthur, do you mind if we do some of this week's Green Guide letters for you to comment on? No, that's fine. Okay. Uh, I, I guess I have read them uh, briefly, but... Uh... Oh, this one's interesting. This one, this one falls under the... Just why I love Green Guide letters is why bother writing in about this? This is great. What a porky. During the last few weeks of the year... 3AW has been running the same banal... Oh, sorry, banal? Banal. Banal. God. Really? Oh, I thought it was banal. Banal, yes. Banal? Banal, probably more correct. Correction. (laughs) 3AW has been running the same banal ham ads as it has for the past few years. Every few minutes we are reminded where Santa went for his ham. The ads were stale and the ham is on the nose. My ears were on 774 until Santa headed off again. That's from Norma Evans, Mount Eliza. Oh, well, upper class people live down there. (laughs) (laughs) This one is great. The town tops this off where this is written from. Sorry, anyone that's from there. I didn't think I'd read this letter in the Green Guide. Missing Big Brother. I am really missing Big Brother. I wish I lived in a house with so many funny, outgoing people who have always something smart to say. (laughs) They should rent these people out to normal people's houses. (laughs) To spruce them up and teach them how to say funny, smart things all the time. And that's from Pete Wilson, Cranburn. (laughs) Where the the members of the Big Brother house are, are quite intelligent. Have you ever watched Big Brother... No, no, I haven't. Do, are you aware of it? I've certainly seen advertised and promoted on television. My TV viewing is somewhat restrictive. I don't watch anything after about eight pm in the evening unless it's a cricket match or a football match. Uh, the promos for most of the evening programs I find very off-putting. Uh, the sort of expressions that are used, and uh, I just don't particularly interest myself in that. Generally in bed by about 8.30 in the evening, get up at half past five in the morning. Uh, so the late night television scene, I know nothing about. I think, Arthur, you and Bart in a house, I would watch that. Yeah, I would yeah. definitely watch that. <laughs> well, we'd have a jelly thing that we'd wrestle in, buddy. <laughs> Maybe each of us have some rough edges that need to be smoothed off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. There'd be a swear jar. <laughs> but it'd just be a jar that I'd swear into and then <laughs> open <Capture> up. It. 
cap it and then open up when you're in the shower and you'd be like, but and I'd be like, la 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 la. Maybe maybe we bring back that word puerile there. To the yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sad that show doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> be a good be a good show. Back to you, Chief. <laughs> I just got chiefed. Chief, 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 chief. All right, it was pretty light on letters this week, but this one we have to uh, read because it's an ongoing saga. And this is someone that's trying to take your title as the main Green Guide letter writer. This is Eddie Wilgar, who last week got called out for getting too many letters published in the Green Guide. Must be a very clever bloke, you think. <laughs> is that what your lawyer told you to say? Because you're going to get rid of him. <laughs> So Eddie Wilgar, he uh, apparently he almost gets them printed every week and someone complained, They've, you've obviously got a bias to this Eddie Wilgar, why aren't my letters getting printed, which ironically his letter got printed that week about Eddie Wilgar. In the same issue there was a letter from Eddie Wilgar, so he's killing it. So now we hear a response from Eddie Wilgar titled, this is actually quite mobbish, this response. It's titled, My Time to Laugh. Thank you so much, Green Guide, for giving me a good laugh to end the year. I refer to Leslie John Newman's letter, 20th of the 12th of the 12th, criticising me for writing and demanding an explanation as to why you print my letters. He complains about my having too much time on my hands. May I respectfully... Oh, God, I've... Respectfully. Thank you. It's hard to pronounce words in this voice, I swear to God. Oh, was that wrong? Uh, yeah, well, that's uh, about as offensive an utterance that you can give, I suppose. Okay. Because You've capped it off. You've <laughs> yeah. just gone to, to ten. We should have just been doing all my swears. All the way to now. <laughs> Arthur, you're not leaving? Are you still here? I'm still here. I'm He's a bit, still here. Sad, bit sad for the gentleman on my right because... Uh, he ought to know that uh, the third commandment says don't carelessly use the name of God. That wasn't careless, either. He meant that, I think. <laughs> well, that makes it just that much worse, I guess. <laughs> Where do we go from here, Steele? Eternal damnation. Or forgiveness. <laughs> I feel forgive- like Arthur, after he got Helen fired that time, very, yeah. very guilty. <laughs> I, I apologise, Arthur. Don't apologise to me. It's not me you've offended, is it? You've hurt God's feelings. I apologise to all. Everyone. (laughs) Apologise to God. And God. God's everyone. He's going to lose a job on his own podcast here, Arthur. (laughs) Man, it was like the last line in the last letter, and I did that. You 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 mixed up the word respectfully and then you just weren't very yes <laughs> respectful <laughs> very dishonest. I don't know if I want to do this podcast anymore still <laughs> I'll try to recapture the moment <laughs> please <laughs> <laughs> he complains about my having too much time on my hands may I respectfully point out Mr Newman that it's my time that's from Eddie Wilgar Yarraville Yes, well, actually, I, I hadn't noticed 
that name, which apparently has been appearing fairly frequently from what you say. Yeah. So I probably just uh, generally glance through the green guide letters and uh, read the ones that seem interesting to me, and of course a lot of them aren't because they deal with programs that I never watch. It's not about the programs, though. It's about the letters. It's about the level oh, well, of complaint, the that, art of complaint. That's your take. Might not be the take of the people who write the letters. They're concerned about the programs. Have you had many complaints about you written in, Arthur? Well, I think I directed your attention to the year 1990 and the fact, oh, that, yeah, sorry. The fact that towards the end of the year a gentleman wrote in and complained that's about right. the number of and times then... my letters had appeared in the age. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the ultimate hats off, I think, to be complained about in a complaints letter column. I think it's... Sounds reasonable. Mm. Now, what we will do, we will close with this. I will read, Arthur was, uh, as we said, was unhappy with... What what did they get wrong in the newspaper, in the Ballarat Courier? They attributed... uh, my complaint about uh, Helen Kapolos to her having mispronounced kilometre, but in fact the complaint was that she said to the New York correspondent, how soon do you expect New York to be back to normal? And I just labelled that as the most fatuous question of the year because clearly the devastation wrought by Hurricane Sandy was enormous and it may take years to get back to normal. So I thought, well, let's... uh, Classic stupid questions. I wrote a letter to the Green God. What else does one do in that situation? <laughs> also, is New York a normal place? Like, if you have a four-story building that just sells M and M's, is that? It's <laughs> a weird city. It's not like there's going to be a hurricane and then there'll just be schools and churches, and all of the hookers will be gone. Is that? I can say hooker. <laughs> If I can make another point here, I've heard a lot about hurricanes recently. Oh, oh yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Until very recently, there were always hurricanes. So, oh. I mean, when I was a kid, we used to wander around with a hurricane lamp. Do you believe that? I've just been comed. Well, yeah, what sort of lamp? Did someone say, what's that? A hurricane? What's a hurricane lamp? Oh, well, there you go. Look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> In today's Ballarat Courier, on page 12, on, in the lower right-hand corner, we have got a clarification. And a little bit too small for your tastes? Absolutely. Should have been on page one. <laughs> <laughs> a story about Sebastian Hallman, Arthur Comer, in yesterday's edition of The Courier Contained an Error. <laughs> Mr. Comer famous for writing letters to the editor, did not suggest TV newsreader Helen Kapalos mispronounced kilometre, but rather questioned her coverage of Hurricane Sandy. The error was brought to the courier's attention by Mr. Coma. <laughs> <laughs> and then what was wrong with that? Nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's uh, made the point, I suppose, but uh, as we've already said... The criticism of Helen Kaplos was had nothing to do with her pronunciation of kilometre. And uh, I've just come to a very sad conclusion. I've just wasted about an hour because you're still saying kilometre instead of kilometre. <laughs> <laughs> Thank our guests, Bart Freeman, Nick Cody and Arthur Comer! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
See, you always close on kilometre. That's how you do it. <laughs> thanks so much, you guys. We're going to the Pizza Hut after this, all you can eat. And uh, thanks once again to the great man, our favourite letter writer, Arthur Coma. Awesome. All right, well, that ended just perfectly. Um, To borrow a term from George Lucas, it's like poetry, it rhymes, ending on the mispronunciation of kilometer or kilometer, whatever, again. Sorry, Arthur, I learnt nothing from the whole, whole spectacle. As I uh, edited in, I mentioned I found a video that Paul Jones shot of the bus trip up, which I edited into a little short uh, film of sorts, and also the raw footage from the live show. And God, it brought back good memories. Just, that was just such a fun, fun day. Interestingly... You can hear the Weekly Planet's Nick Mason, the, the entire bus ride. He um, pre-podcast, before he started a podcast, and boy, did he talk like someone that needed to have a podcast. Um, he's, he's having a ball yabbering about, um, what was the thing that I overheard? The return of Egg Flip Big M. He's shocked by this. So uh, the the link's in the show notes of this episode, but you can watch the little bus tour. It's like a nine-minute um, tome piece, if it were. Let's talk a bit about Arthur. First of all, 92 years. And what was it, 64 years of marriage? That's hardcore, man. That is hardcore. I, I definitely didn't want him to regret doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, we were there to, you know, have a good time and make a good podcast and and get laughs. But I I think the unsaid goal between me, Nick and Bart was more for us to set him up to get laughs on us rather than him, like us ripping on him too much. Um, you know, you, you didn't want it to be an ambush and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a comedy show. You don't want people to regret coming on. And if it is someone that you want to regret coming on, well, they're probably someone that you shouldn't be giving, uh, any sort of platform or oxygen to really. Yeah. Just such a, an interesting guy in that. Our views on a lot of, you know, modern day sensitive topics varied, but he just, to me, came off like a great guy, but just under the wrong guidance or under guidance that might be misconstrued, I guess. And, you know, he could well say the same thing about me, but I, 
Yeah, obviously he's got some comments in there um, re- reflecting on ladies in the media that are, whew, that's um, some hot pepper. But I don't know. I, I feel like if pressed on it, that um, he would sort of see he's being unfair, if you know what I mean. And I, I know it's just hard, man. When, like, I know on his Facebook during COVID, it's still during COVID, but, you know, he, he was getting fed all this information from sources in the media that he trusted, and it was it was just leading him the wrong way and it's just yeah it's it's tough and probably not what you wanted to hear in the exit interview but I um I've thought a lot about it about his um like thinking that you know he's at his heart a really good guy and 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 a kind of open guy to um you know, come on the podcast and sort of take things in and, and, and sort of want to interact with the new generations. And, um, yeah. And I, I felt like, you know, I, I was better for it. So it's, it's very confusing times, but, um, boy, he loved the attention. He, he liked, he liked being heard. He, that was something about him. He enjoyed being heard. Uh, interestingly, I remember that several people from his church came along and they were quite negative about it afterwards. Um, just there was this talk, like no one said anything to me, but I could, I, you know, you just know something's going on. And I think Arthur was quite annoyed with them because he thought everything that went down, apart from my one um, cursing to God, was, you know, within the rights of, well, you know, the leeway. Um, you know, in, in that letter where he says that I'm a, I'm a maverick or a free agent or something and he's an artist and he should not be curbed. That's that's a pretty admirable position from uh, someone that really, you know, has a hard set set of rules that he lives by, whether you agree with them or not. Um, it's surprisingly open. So he just just a fascinating dude, and. Um, it was it was cool to like have that day and and to watch the video again of just like I, I think like the bus video will mean more to me and and possibly others that were on the bus um, than to yeah you know, I, I I don't know I think if you watch it it will sort of come like there's just a buzz on the bus I, I loved listening to the constant excitement of people um, and and that was always so uh, cool to think that. Um, you know, I had organized this this thing that people were excited about with all the podcasts. 
you know, to see people happy to come to a live show or excited the downloads there. It's, um, it's super cool. It's super cool. And, but th- there is one thing, and I used to do a bit about this and about how I, I, I did swear to God. And I, I wish I'd, I, I, I'd, I'd asked Arthur about this on the show. Um, maybe I hadn't come up with this bit yet, but I, I, I just, I just think that we, let's just go with the premise that there's God and he listens to everything that we say. Like, I feel like if he's God, he's got, he's all knowing. So he'd love most every comedy or joke because he gets every reference because he's all knowing. And, and I feel like if, you know, where there's these tiny little speck ants to him, just say that if one of them made a joke at his expense and it was funny, you wouldn't like go up to the, the, the ant farm and shake it up and go, damn you. You go, good for you. I'm proud of you. Good joke. I just feel like he'd have a godlike sense of humor, you know, rather than like he's God. What is, what, what does he have to be so sensitive over? So I, that's, I always think that people that are into God the most, I'm speaking flippantly now, think he's the worst because I just think he can take a joke. He's God. Listen, if God doesn't have the confidence to take a joke, what, what, a, what chance do we have, really? Huh? When is the Comedy Central roast of God? He'd take it in good spirits and then he'd have some good burns at the end. He would send Jeff Ross packing. So, as a, a part of the whole trip, afterwards we went to one of the last two all-you-can-eat pizza huts, as far as I know, in uh, Victoria, uh, to the Ballarat Pizza Hut, and... There's how many of us is here? I've got a photo up that I found. So make sure you check out the Instagram page. I love GG letters and all that sort of stuff because I'll post some photos. But there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 people that rocked up to this Ballarat Pizza Hut that had no people in it. And they hadn't had, they didn't have any pizzas ready. And I was like, oh my God, like, did we mess up? Should we have like given them advance warning? I guess I should have given them advance warning. But however, Ballarat Pizza Hut, they are good to go. They, they, they sprang into action. We had had pizzas. Sure. There was a little bit of elbowing to get to the first couple of uh, ones that got put out there, you know, not naming any names, Nick Mason. But um, I, I don't remember. Um, but I do remember when the first pizza's coming out, just like going, I'll just let, I'll let the guests have some, um, even though I was salivating. But um, yeah, that was just uh, a ripper fun, dumb thing to add to it. And then amazingly, on the quite horrible bus PA system, Bart and Cody recorded a live episode of Something for the Drive Home. 
which I was just in hysterics at on the way home. I if it's here, I, I will search it and I'll put it in a link in the show notes so then you can uh, listen to a little little bit of bonus action from the day. But yeah, I I I hold this live show in such high regard as, as long as as well as I should say the um, the apartment shows. For those that don't know, I, I did have a, a a few, I think three live shows in my apartment with about fifty people in the audience, which was just great because I just loved like you know the working dog guys, Rob Sitch and, and Jane Kennedy and everyone. They used to host the Degeneration show on Triple M and I was super young. I guess I would have had to have been in primary school and would listen to it every morning and just thought it was so funny, the people they would get involved that would ring in and, you know, some of them may have been Santo Chilaro, granted, but I remember they used to always talk about the Sandman restaurant. I think it was the Sandman restaurant, which I think used to be on the Pean Highway. But anyway, they used to go on about it all the time. It was an in-joke. And then it was closing down. And then I remembered they did a live show from the closing down Sandman restaurant. And just thinking that was so cool for some reason that they then got the venue involved and stuff. So that was sort of a bit like that was for... Uh, for me to go out to, to Ballarat and, and amazingly have um, Arthur Coma there in the flesh. And uh, I think it worked out. I do have to say, listening back, my editing, I, I hope it's better now, but back then it was very bad. And uh, the sound quality, um, come on, it's a live podcast. It's um, especially back then, 2013, hard to get right. So a bit echoey. We're in this giant room... Um, but whatever, whatever, whatever. But hey, next week we'll be back with a, a brand new episode about brand new letters. Arthur Coma, you will be missed. You you made your mark in my life, buddy. And uh, I appreciate it. Wholeheartedly th- hope that uh, wherever you wanted to be after it all ended is, is where you're at. And uh, that's that. We'll see you next week. I joined the Air Force in October 1947, spent 22 very happy years there. Did they even have planes back then? (laughs) (laughs) We we had graduated to balsa gliders at that stage. (laughs) (laughs) Was the the Air Force and the Wright brothers neck and neck? Did you just run around with your arms out, just going... (laughs) (laughs) Pew, pew, pew! (laughs) Imagine that if you joined the Air Force. This is good, but wait till we get planes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in the dimensional fancy force at the moment. There's not much going on, but in 10,000 years, we'll be busy.
he rambles a lot, Arthur. <laughs> yes. Mickey Finn, Cat's Whisker. Can I? I need a dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> so a today you... to old translator. Don't make eye contact with Bart Arthur. <laughs> That's that's what he's saying. Yes. Oh. oh, sorry. Yes. My hearing aids have better as well. Didn't swear. Did not swear. What about this one? Well, say that word. That picker one. We're about to we pick a ferret, is it? Oh. I'll pick a coulomb, yep. Yeah, that's 10 to the minus 12, of course. What about that one? Of course. That's old hat. Femtofarad is 10 to the minus 15. That's a very, very tiny capacitance. Kilojoule, that's the one we were talking about a moment ago. Kilopascal is the unit of pressure when you go to the garage to pump up your tyres. That's a thousand licorice bullets. Kilopascals. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever watch Amazing, Arthur? The kids would have to find the letters around the maze. You just want to yell, it's in the boot of the car. I was getting angry. I was seven. I didn't know how to write letters, though. I sang a song today. I will sing a song tomorrow. And a song was sung yesterday. That's correct. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's all right. Oh, that's interesting. I'd forgotten that, but uh, probably (laughs) convenient to forget some things. (laughs) Purile. Do you ever use that one? I don't recall using it recently, no. Um, Purile sort of has the connotation of childish. Mm -hmm. If I were to write a... uh, Review of Steel Saunders podcast. Would I be likely to use that word, do you think? Yeah. In all capitals. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's not that bad, is it, really? Pure all, I think, personally. Yeah. <laughs> this is the age, not Harold Sun's hit. I don't really complain about letters not going in because obviously some are rejected all the time. But uh, I'd say overall that most of the letters that I have written to editors of various newspapers, the vast majority have in fact been printed. There are a few rejections here and there, but I sort of don't uh, throw a hissy fit and go and sulk in the corner or anything like that. Why Why do you think a letter would get rejected? Oh, because the editor considers not sufficiently topical. Uh, I would reject any suggestion that it was rejected because it wasn't well enough written, but uh, <laughs> may, may no longer be uh, hitting the spot with the editor. I mean, it's their choice, uh, your choice who you have on your uh, podcast, and uh, obviously today you made a very good choice. Didn't you? <laughs>